Dana Schwartz here, host of the brand new podcast, Popcorn Book Club, where four of my smartest, funniest friends and I are talking books that have gotten the Hollywood treatment. Listen to Popcorn Book Club on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis. Author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Your safe space for tough conversations, exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony. Building Resilience, talking trauma. Radio Tony. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Radio Tony. On W4WN, a platform for the unheard. To Radio Tony Spotlight on the Authors this week. And before I get on and tell you about our amazing guest this morning just a reminder that radio tony has its own facebook page now and it also has its own website so if you miss any of our shows you want to connect or you just want information on past guests the uh podcasts of the live shows then jump on radiotony.com and have a look you'll find all the information on all our wonderful guests all their links and how you can connect with them as well so how are you all doing in america we're having a little bit of fun in australia with that lovely little thing called coronavirus and it's raising its ugly little virus tentacles in Victoria at the moment and causing all sorts of problems whereby our fellow Victorians have had to go back into lockdown, which is pretty crappy for them. Uh, the rest of the country is seeing uh, increases in our ability to do things and cross borders uh, and it looks like it will continue that way provided we maintain our status as virus-free. Poor Victorians are in for at least six weeks of lockdown and, of course, people are not happy. Businesses are really struggling. And I know that you guys in the US are having an equally rough time and I know that you have elections coming up and there's a lot of people out and about doing lots of things and I'm hoping that you're able to stay safe. It's a very interesting year and 2020 will definitely go down as one in history. So today I have the amazing Joe Sainsbury with me. Now, this girl is a very special woman, and not only is she an author, but she's had over 30 years in admin, HR, and project management within the heavy equipment and earth moving industry. 
She's clocked up seven years' experience as a coal drain coal train driver in the mining town of Mackay, Queensland, Australia. Not only is she an author, but she's considered an influencer within the rail, mining, resources, STEM and construction industries. Jo is passionate about encouraging women of all ages to unleash the full force of their potential, achieve greater levels of self-sufficiency and fulfilment, and create a more sustainable way of working, in particular within non-traditional roles in these industries. She's all about finding an appreciation for the world of possibilities that await you when you're prepared to throw aside self-imposed limitations. Everyone is capable of doing the job. What are you waiting for? Go get your glow on, Joe shouts. And before I introduce her, I was I've been reading her book, and yes, I have her book in my hot little hands. And at the start of the book, she talks about how she introduces herself. And I just thought it was gold. And I'm going to read it out for you this morning before we have Joe on. And it says, hi, my name is Joe Sainsbury and I am a coal train driver for the Global Resources Company, delivering coal from a number of coal mines within the Bowen Basin of central Queensland back to the coal terminal. From there, it's transferred to ships for transport to customers around the world. She leapt, I leapt at the offer to step out of my square and hit the track running, so to speak, with the opportunity of being appointed as one of the first rail trainees for this particular resources company back in 2013. And then she goes on to say, I drive drive a coal train which is just over two kilometres in length, weighs approximately 13,500 tonnes fully loaded and is powered by three 25 kilowatt distributed power electric locomotives with 126 coal trains, a coal wagons rather, trailing behind, travelling up to a maximum speed of 80 kilometres to an hour. So I am really delighted to introduce to you this morning the beautiful Joe Sainsbury. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Tony. Thank you for that wonderful intro. I'm really excited to have you on the show because you've got such a wealth of uh, experience in uh, an industry that women don't normally consider. And I've been reading your book over the last couple of days and there's so much gold in there. And so this morning, before I get onto elements of the book that I want to discuss, I want to talk about you, where you started and what got you into the mining industry. Okay. Um, I'll just um, correct a couple of little things in that intro. Yeah. The, tr- uh, the train is actually, the loaded, fully loaded train is approximately 113,500 tonnes of coal. And um, wow. it is. And the 25,000 kilovolts of electricity that you see in the overhead power yeah. lines that the trains travel um, along. So it's a pretty powerful machine and yes. it's a very dangerous um, overhead 
yeah, atmosphere that we work in. But um, yes, I absolutely love my job. And it come about, um, I had a a bit of an oh shit moment in my life, if I can say that. Oh (laughs) yeah, I've I've got that down in my notes. I want to talk to Joe about that later. (laughs) But um, I I had a period of unemployment for a number of years and um, it started where I was sitting on in front of the computer trolling around the internet looking for a job and it was any and every job I could apply for and this particular job came up and it took me um, about half an hour I sat there I filled the online application out and it took me about half an hour to actually get the guts up to hit the submit button because I was doubting my ability in being able to fulfill the role of this trainee train driver and um, I finally hit the submit button and as the saying goes the rest is history and here I am today loving my job as a coal train driver. Yeah yeah and I'm guessing that there's not a lot of women coal train drivers or is there? Are we getting more women into this heavy equipment earth moving mining industry? There, there is a lot more women out there nowadays, which is a, it's a great to see, and that's our aim is to to build that um, demographic up. There wasn't originally, um, but yes, you will see a lot more women working in the rail industry and the mining industry, and they're holding, you know, fairly high and senior positions in amongst all those industries now. Yeah, and that's another that's another career pathway that we're we're wanting to encourage women to pursue. So yes, it's there not, is. A, it's a growing. It's a growing yeah. um, work industry for women. Fantastic. So, um, let's get into that oh shit moment. Are you happy to tell people about that? Yes, it it was a a, a time in my life that um, we all we all make mistakes and we all absolutely choose wrong choices and and make bad decisions so I served a um, period of incarceration for two years yeah so I was away from my family and my life as I knew it for two years and uh, had to had to build my self-confidence up and resilience to life as I knew it for two years and come back and re-enter rebuild my self-confidence self-worth and credibility and get back out there into the into the real world so that, must that have was been so tough. It was tough, and it is a very tough time. Uh, but you've you've really got to back yourself and have the have the confidence to get over these. Um, these the judgment. It the judgment's very critical, and it can be yes. very negative and very hurtful. But that's your that's your resilience building that you build, and um, you don't define your past. No. By, no. Look um, at you now. Yes, that's right. Look at me now. But um, yeah, it, you have some very dark days, and yeah. it's all it's all in your own in your own um, confidence building that you get through those dark days, and you you forge ahead and you don't look backwards. Um, yeah. I, I paid the price um, by losing my freedom and yeah. going without my family for two years, um, but I have the full support of them the whole time and yeah. um, get getting back in. To a, a like getting back into the routine of home and yes. the family, um, reforging it's completely, those. Am I understanding that it is so foreign to lose your freedom? It's so foreign in that very regulated, incarcerated situation, and then it, 
that would take enormous period of adjustment. Is did did you find it really hard? Not so not so hard for or me. Or were you just happy that it was done and dusted and you'd paid the price and now you could get on with your life? I think what it is, Tony, is um, if you need that support network behind you, that's yeah. what keeps you motivated to um, serve your time and, and get home and get, get back into or rebuild a routine yeah. and a life for your family. So um, that's, you know, that's how I saw it was uh, my life and my family, as I knew it, was completely destroyed and I thought my life had come to an end at that point. Uh-huh. But you have, a ch- you have a choice to give in to the shame and fall into a deep, dark mental yeah. state of despair and yeah. failure, which you yourself have created, or yeah. you can fight back. And I chose to fight. And I yeah. owed it first and foremost to my husband and my sons, but also to myself. Yeah, yeah. So step forward to, from there and then you get into what we call the non-traditional role, non-traditional, a non-traditional role and the area of STEM. And I thought for um, our listeners, can you explain what STEM is? So STEM's the the study of science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and yeah. that's where it's a it's an industry where a lot of the younger girls nowadays need to step in, step up, and step out into because it's a very yeah. rewarding and fulfilling career. And they're if they have a very creative mind or they want uh-huh. a, a very critical and have very you know critical thinking abilities, yes. they are the future inventors and leaders and researchers of our of you know Those, of technology and everything yeah. that's around us and yeah. even to all the the digital technology that we use yes. today it's uh, it's part of our life and it's part of the future so the young girls today really need to get into those studies and follow a career and pathway into stem yeah yeah i see i know when i left school we were like you were a nurse a teacher or you went into work for the bank so kind of it was very limited i'm I'm reading a reading your book i'm thinking gosh why didn't someone say to us back then that there were these opportunities because the mining industry you're kind of well paid and pretty well looked after aren't you joe that's right. And like when we think about train drivers and truck drivers, plan operators, construction workers, engineers, yep. electricians, yep. plumbers, carpenters, yep. and there's a myriad of other blue collar workers out there. Few of us immediately imagine women performing these roles. I know. So women in non-traditional roles experience unique challenges that are aggravated by working in fields which they are traditionally underrepresented and excluded. Yeah. And particularly like skilled trades and working on large work sites are often uncomfortable and dirty and dangerous, outdoorsy and overall non-girly. But there are many women who want to to and do work in these non-traditional roles. And um, I'm a big believer in promoting and uplifting women into these roles and they should become a priority. Um, We've all built up a toolbox of unique tools to help us navigate life. We just need to use them. Every woman has a toolbox full of tools and a number of techniques to help her bring aspirations to form. So in the same way throughout our lives, we, you know, we discover our own life tools and techniques. So we need to apply that to our career aspirations and you need to find a job that, um, that you love, that you enjoy doing. That lights you up and makes you want to get out of bed of a morning. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Puts a spring in your step. Exactly. So, Joe, I wanted to explore 
um, just some of those stories that you talk about and some of the difficulties that women can experience in a male-dominated industry and how you overcome them. So um, in particular, you know, what's it like as a woman in a male-dominated industry and how did you navigate your way through some of those things? So there's lots of myths out there about women working in the male-dominated industries. And, yeah. like, you know, one of them is women will lose their femininity if they work in a trade or other blue-collar role. Yeah. Well, it comes back to the sense of who you are comes from within. A yes. hard hat or work boots can't change that. Besides being in good physical shape, it's the in-look for women nowadays, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have my own pink hard hat from when I was project managing. So, yeah, I'm, yes. I am I love that hat. And, you know, women um, do not have – there's a lot of uh, thinking that women do not have the me- mechanical or mathematical aptitude for skilled trades yes. or field work. Not so much that that's – you know, the reality is women have the ability to po- perform well in academic and technical areas required in all these non-traditional roles and work. Yeah. There's no research-based evidence that supports the notion that men are more mathematically gifted than women. Yeah, yeah. And what about the uh, physical side of things? So sometimes you'll hear, oh, she can't do that, she hasn't got the strength or something, but that's not true at all, is it? No, not at all. Like um, there's uh, – how, how best I can say this? Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's other ways of without doing being. Things too feminist about it no you can be yeah, as feminist yeah you want. and that's right women you know they say women are not strong enough to do heavy physical work or tasks yes. but um there's many blue collar jobs out there nowadays they're no more physically demanding than housework especially yeah. when you're performing carrying a toddler around on your hip oh, exactly <laughs> and exactly. um like look at look at other occupations like waitressing nursing and aged care that's that all involves heavy lifting and there's lots of mechanical aids out there now that um that help you do a lot of the manual tasks as well as your fellow co-workers um, are always there to aid and assist and that's yeah. the other big thing is don't be afraid to ask for assistance yeah don't uh, take on the the thought that you can do it all by yourself if you know you actually physically can't so you need yeah. to um, ask for help especially in, yeah. in, in a situation like that yeah so um did you when you first started in your trainee role did you experience any gender-based kickback or was it well-managed in your instance? I think by the time I'd come into uh, this particular industry, yeah. there was there was a fair few women working in the rail industry and uh-huh. it's um, it's it will always be a male-dominated industry, I, I believe, yeah. Um but it's it's growing. The the female workers are growing twofold. But yeah, there is there is some still mentality of old school thinking. Um, but not so much. It's um, it's being accepted that um, that women you know are capable of doing the job just as, yeah. as well as, as the as the men are. Definitely. And I, I, I I didn't personally um, experience anything out of you know, yep. out of the out of the norm, or that um, was very challenging in the, in that way in um, in my workforce. So that's really there. encouraging for the women listening out there today that it, things are changing, and if you want to get into the industry that's considered male dominated, go for it. If you exactly. want to go 
drive a train or one of those big um, mining trucks, then go do it. You're certainly well compensated, well paid and well looked after, which leads me to, I love the chapter that you talk about um, glamping. (laughs) (laughs) So that's in reference to the camps that they set up for their workers. And along with that conversation, I just wanted to touch on FIFO, Bebo, Dido. <laughs> All those lovely acronyms that that, yes. um, that uh, exist in, in the industry. Yeah, so FIFO is fly in and fly out work. Yep. Dido is drive in and drive out. Bibo is bus in and bus out, so ah. it's it's just the means of transport of getting out to site when you're working on those on those rosters and because um, mines are in to, the middle of nowhere. Let's let's face it, mines are basically in the middle of nowhere because that's where the coal or whatever it is is at. That's correct. That that is right. They're usually um, in very remote areas, and um, there's nothing nothing much of excitement that happens there apart from. You go to work, you come back to camp, you get your rest and um, you go to work again. So tell us about the typical camp situation. What does it look like? What do you have? What's there to do? How do they look after you? Well, life in a mining camp is, um, isn't all that bad, really. Most modern yeah. camps have access to facilities like a gym. Some have swimming pools and other various sporting facilities. Yeah. There's internet connection along with pay TV. Yeah. Uh, your accommodation is paid for, as is your food. Yeah. Um, so the, a lot of the company, or majority of all the companies, they do look after you on a whole and, um, and, it, and they try – you've got to try and make your life out there at camp as um, – as best you can. Uh, yeah. you, you can't go out with a negative attitude. You've got to go out um, with the attitude of, I'm going to work for so many days. You put your effort in and you go home and you enjoy your, your, your time at home with your family and your social life when you come home. Yeah, yeah. Basically, you do work hard, long hours. So basically, it is just a process of work, sleep, work, sleep, repeat, isn't it? It is. Um I'm fortunate we don't have such a long roster. We um, we only work four on and four off, but uh, majority yeah. of the industry workers that are out at out at mine sites and camp, they work. You know, the longer they might work seven on seven off or fourteen, yes. two weeks on, two weeks off. Um, yeah. There's a lifestyle roster of five and four, so yeah. there's lots of varying rosters. But um, yeah, you've just you've just got to make the most of it when you're out there, and uh-huh. um, and keep in mind that. Um, you go home at the end of the block and that's where your heart lies is with your yes. family and your, and your home life. Yeah, yeah. Do you get to choose the roster or is it something that you accept as part of the job? No, that's something you need to accept as part of the job. And it yep. can be very challenging if you're not used to shift work. You need to um, to build your routine around it. You need to manage your fatigue Yeah. and get that rest in your layoff time. Um, there's nothing worse than, you know, turning up for work. Well, you need to be fit for work. Yes. But, you you know, there's nothing worse than coming to work and you get, you know, maybe a quarter way through your shift or halfway through your shift and you're, and you're starting to, to lag and, yes. and feel fatigue. So you really need to ensure that you maintain a pretty well-balanced and healthy diet because that, that aids yeah. in your fatigue management and yeah. get that rest as, as best you can. Yeah. So, Joe, tell us about your typical roster. So, <laughs> my my typical. Oh, I think we've lost Joe. I'm here. <laughs> oh, 
Uh, hello, I'm here. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I thought I'd lost you for a moment. <laughs> yep, see, live radio comes with all these little 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 bits. <laughs> so what's your typical roster look like, Joe? Um so we work um we work all around the clock and that all belongs, yeah. you know, it's it's very uh, irregular and erratic um, working patterns. It's just yeah. um, due to the train scheduling because they're, they're scheduled to um, leave the port and arrive at a, at a mine site to load at particular times and you uh-huh. have to work in with the other operators on the network in a line yeah. with their, their pathing. So we could start at, you know, at 1 o'clock in the morning, we could start at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, 11 o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock at night. So it's um, you have to make sacrifices in regards to getting your rest, and if it means you go to bed at three o'clock in the afternoon, you do just that yeah. to um, to start work at at midnight or one o'clock in the morning. Yep. And how do you cope with those changeable sleep patterns? What are the things that you do that make sure you actually go to sleep? Because um, I'm just thinking if you knew you had to go to sleep at 3 p.m. so you can get up, is there something that you do that that helps you get off to sleep so you wake up fresh and refreshed? And that, that's up to the individual. Like everyone yeah. has their own means of, um, of finding their rest patterns and that. For me, I love reading. I'm uh-huh. a big bookworm and yes. I love my music. So yeah. when I go uh, to lay down to rest and to, to get some sleep, I'll either – read for yes. until the book falls on, on top of me or the, or the yeah. iPad falls on top of me and knocks me out <laughs> <laughs> or, or I'll um, put the headphones in and listen to a podcast or I'll listen to um, music. That's my, um, that's my little meditation of sleep, uh, preparing me for sleep. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right. So we've had a talk about you and your wonderful role as a a Coltane driver. Now I want to talk about your book. And Jo has just released this amazing book. And not only has she just released a book, she has actually embarked on a whole uh, change of life type experience so she has this wonderful new company called kick-ass women and she's just released her book high heels to high viz and i wanted to ask joe today what led to the thought that you wanted to write a book so how it come about the idea of my book was instigated by the interest in my job as a coal train driver by other women yeah to answer the repetitive question i was always getting asked was how did you get that job? How could yes. I get a job like yours? Uh-huh. And then the common remark that they also uh, make is, oh, I could never do a job like that. I don't have the skills and I don't yeah. know where to start. Yeah. So that was where I firsthand saw the opportunity and the possibility of getting the information out there. Yeah. So it um, it come about, I actually um, seen an ad um, mm-hmm. for a book writing half-day workshop that was going yes. to be in Mackay and uh, it was on my day rostered days off so I thought what the yeah. heck I'll um I'll go along and and see what this is about so I went along and um got totally enticed and encouraged to do this which I yes. absolutely I was enwrapped with the with the yes. presenter and and the and the idea of it and signed up and said walked out and said I'm going to write a book 
<laughs> Fantastic. So just so the listeners know, Joe and I have come through what I call the stable of uh, Ultimate uh, World Publishing, which teaches you how to write your book, publish your book and everything in between. And the company world, uh, Ultimate World Publishing, is run by Nat and Stu and they do an amazing job in helping you navigate the rather difficult task of writing a book. So it's it's not easy to write a book, is it, Joe? No, not at all. And, you know, they Nat and Stu provide the most professional um, guidance they do of and the best way to start and it's um, they provide a fun and you know experience along the way so it's not all serious they um, they are very um, ca- uh, caring very and caring and and very nurturing. supportive that's correct and but it's also about having fun they um, they are very um, social and yes. interactive so it's it it provides that 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 extra motivation to get your get your words down on paper and get it out and they have the process to that that helps you it makes writing a book um if you were going to do it by yourself it would be incredibly challenging but by doing the 48 hour um program it just helps you with everything and they've got huge amounts of experience in doing this and so you sat down decided to write this book and you've just released it and I'm wondering how that's all going for you. It's going really well. It, um, COVID actually knocked yes. it there for the official book launch back in uh, January. Yes. So I've just um, just slowly let it come out on social media and locally yeah. and that and I'm quite happy for it. It's going it's going really well. I'm, I'm very surprised. I wasn't too perturbed in if I had a sold one or five or 50 yeah. copies of it. Yeah. So it was just a, a very um, self-fulfilling accomplishment that I actually it put it all down on paper and got to hold it in my hot little hand. I was actually out on shift. We had an issue with um, with the delivery of the books um, because it was happening in December. Yeah, so with that's the Christmas right. shipping. That's and that, right. So we got given a delivery date, but unfortunately they still hadn't arrived three weeks <laughs> later and we were <laughs> – we're all searching for these missing cartons of my books. So yeah. when we finally tracked them down, they were in a, uh, a depot down in Toowoomba somewhere. <laughs> and um, and how it came about was there's two postcodes that uh, are the same that – oh, sorry, two, two um, suburbs that are named the same. But, oh. um, yeah, they'd sent it to the wrong postcode. So we, tr- we got them back and I was actually out on shift um, – and my husband called to say that he'd received an amount of cartons and yeah. um, that he he knew they were my book. And, Books. It, and he said, do you want me to open them? I'm like, no, that's my <laughs> job. I need to open it and hold the first book in my hand. So I wouldn't let him open the cart, the first carton. I had to uh, wait till I got home the next day. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, I had to go, I had to go another full shift uh, <laughs> before I got home to be able to race in and and, and rip open the carton and hold the book in my hand. But, yes, it was a very overwhelming and um, satisfying feeling to hold that book in your hand. It is. because an amazing feeling. Everything goes into your writing and then it's not just the writing, it's about the design of the cover of the book, it's about your heart and soul goes into the words that go into your book and to finally hold it, the physical book in your hand is really something that 
that stays with you and you remember for a long time. And um, Joe's book in particular is just so jam-packed full of notes and stories and I love the toolbox talk bits and um, what was making me laugh this morning was all the lingo the and I thought we'd run through some of these for the listeners today because they might find them interesting so poscoms we need to keep positive communications that's a big safety um, rule when you're when you're out on site and when you're performing your duties you must always keep positive communications so whether that's by your radio communication or by by sight or hand yeah. signals or whatnot, but yeah. So if you if you can't um, keep positive communications, you need to stop the task you're doing and uh, reaffirm that communication line. So you're working in a safe environment all the time. Which is not just true in the mining industry. I think that we could take this one into. A- the world we live in and be positive um the next one i liked was bcc sorry oh, oh, okay yeah the black coal competency so that's yeah. that's relative to when they the, the um the workers are working out on site they they need specific competencies to actually enter out onto site and to start working ah. out there so that's part of their training that um they need to go through and have specific um competencies and inductions to be eligible to um, to work yeah. out on site. Um, PPE, people might be familiar with this one after the last little <laughs> 2020 saga, PPE. That's a that's a big one and that's most important. That's your personal yeah. protective equipment. And that that comes down to like your earplugs, um, your glasses, safety glasses, your gloves, your hard hat, yeah. um, your high-vis workwear. Uh, yeah. Steel cap boots, still part oh. of that? Yes, they yeah. are. Yep, and it depends on which industry you work. You may not require the steel caps. You might just yeah. need the, um, the hard, heavy duty, yeah, yeah. reinforced toe. But yeah, yeah, steel caps are, are definitely uh, a requirement out on out on site. And they come in pink, don't they? They definitely do. They come in <laughs> lots of colours nowadays. And oh, really? Uh, I, was, I was privileged to be part of a um, of a new advertising campaign for a female-founded workwear company, yes, Shewear, and um, they they custom make um, female work boots or foot safety footwear, yes. yeah. especially for women, specifically designed for women, and they are absolutely the best fit and ultra comfy wearing work boots I've had ah. to date. But the best of best part is they come in those range of magnificent colours, so you can. You can um, you can head out to site, and I've um, just started to look like a, a licorice all sort. I think with my orange high vis shirt, my my taped jeans, and my pink boots and a hard hat. So yes, <laughs> ah, fantastic. Um, okay, so there's some more here that I found was interesting. Um, SWMS. So there are all in in a lot of in all industry now is your yeah. safe work method statements. Uh-huh. So they're a document that outlines the hazards that may arise from a task and the measures to put in place to control the risks yep. of performing that that task. So they're of major importance on your on your job yeah. site or your work site. Because as you said, those sites are pretty dangerous or have potential to be very dangerous. So they take everyone takes this stuff really seriously. Oh, they have to. That's um, that's the value of your life and the life of your fellow co-workers. So yeah. you need to perform your role in the safest manner that you that you Can. are able to. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I like the fact that the book uh, goes in segments called um, Toolbox Talk. And what got you thinking about writing the chapters under Toolbox Talk? I just, um, I thought it was relevant to the industries because yes. that's a lot of the lingo that um, that you get if you're not used to, you yes. have to learn. So as you start in your new role, you have to get used to the, the lingo and the documents that you're using and um, the systems that you have to use. So I thought, oh, I need to lay it out in a way yes. that gets, um, gets the women familiar with, with the terms. So when they head along to site, if they get that, that new role, yeah. they have a little bit of an understanding of the documentation and the, um, the acronyms that you come across yeah. and the, um, the systems that you need to complete. Yeah, because it, it's basically a little bit like learning a different language um, because everyone uses the short form of the longer meaning of the word, don't they? It is. It's like industry language is like learning a foreign language. Yeah. Apart yeah. from the apart from the IT industry, um, you've got uh, now yeah, like the bigger world of safety. Yes. It's yes. more three letter acronyms than yes. um, the Kardashian library of selfies. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, and the other one I liked was SLAM. So that's that, and I'm not too sure. Not all industries use that. Um, yeah. that particular document, but that's a stop, look, assess and manage. So it's a document to be yes. completed prior to commencing a task. So yep. that's where you're, 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 you're over, overseeing the job before you actually perform it to, um, yes. to assess it and, and identify any, any risks or hazards that, may, that yep. may occur in performing that task. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that I, you started in um, admin – and you did that for a really long time. So you went from like admin to HR and project management. And did you, you, you enjoyed that and you were good at it, yeah? Definitely. Um, that was, I loved um, the admin work and that's what I'd done originally for majority of my working career. And um, I was very privileged to be introduced to a lot of other facets of, of the um the white collar industry, so to yes. speak, and yes. got uh, many opportunities to train in lots of other avenues. So that's where the workplace health and safety come into it, and yeah. uh, the HR. And then I progressed um, into project management, and that was more so um, to aid in our family um, yes. owned business. Okay, and so cut through to publishing the book and now you have this wonderful company called Kick-Ass Women. What's your vision around Kick-Ass Women? Kick-Ass Women is there to encourage and inspire women to, if they want to relaunch or re-enter into a workforce um, or they want to change up from their existing job, they may not be so happy in their existing job. It's yeah. about encouraging, inspiring women to think about all these non-traditional roles out there because yeah. there's that many on offer. And um, women, uh, what can I, the best, women need to have more access to the processes and requirements for these types of non-traditional yes. roles, which would yes. break down the barriers of the number of women who actually apply for such positions. And 
change begins with education about the role yeah. of women and the importance of staying connected is very relevant and timely. So we need to increase women's access to all of these non-traditional roles and education and training to them. Yeah. And we, we want women of all ages to have real opportunities to access the benefits and the prospects of these non-traditional yeah. roles and industries. So, so yeah, sorry. It's so that's part of what you do now is is to influence and assist women to get into these non-traditional roles and make that a smooth transition for them. Yeah, that's right. I want to reinforce the confidence of women to know that you can do this job and you can enjoy it and be passionate about it. Everyone yeah. is capable of doing the job. So that's why you'll always hear me say, go on and get your glow on and become a glow yeah. getter. Get out there and, and get get into a high-vis um, work outfit and do that job. It's um, it's, it's very it's, fulfilling, yeah, it, isn't it? It is. It's, it's, you know, to find true happiness in your work, you need to trust yourself and you need yeah. to identify your own strengths and weaknesses and develop them because ultimately you are your best asset and you need to find something that truly makes you happy, inspires you to, to go to work every day. Yeah. So, you know, in my typical workday now, it starts drama-free from, from having to <laughs> have what I used to having to decide what outfit to wear to work. Yes. Uh, you know, I could stand in front of the, the, the wardrobe for about half an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, trying to figure Pondering out what over to wear. <laughs> and ultimately making me late for work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, so now, you know, um, I don't have to decide what outfit to wear to work. My uniforms of high-vis shirt, jeans and work boots, which just suit yeah. me just fine. Yeah. I'm dressed yeah. in 10 minutes. My hair's tied back in a ponytail. And the only yeah. application on my face is, is sunscreen, no makeup. Yeah. So yeah. I'm ready to hit the track running, so to speak. So, um, yeah, it's... Um, which is kind of nice when you think about it, if, if you know... 10 minutes ready for work and off you go. Um, so that's kind of a really big advantage. <laughs> it is, most certainly. But I do love to indulge in the girly things oh, outside yes. of work. I was going to say, having said that, though, Jo is a very beautiful girly girl and I've seen <laughs> her dressed um, for formal um, events with lots of bling and so it doesn't mean that you can't be a woman and feminine and hold down one of these roles. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. I do love my faux and real bling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Joe, now that you've published the book and now that we're, uh, you've launched the company, what's the next thing on your agenda? I have some very exciting news that um, I'm going to be launching my own radio show in another Yay! couple of weeks. In, in collaboration with Radio Tony, of course. Thank you very much. So it's very exciting. We're going to start doing some promotion for that. So um, Kick-Ass Radio is going to come out. Great name. It is a great name. <laughs> and uh, we're, just going to, we're going to talk about all things women in the rail, mining, construction, STEM industries and um, how to encourage the, the ladies to um, to seek and pursue a career in those yeah, industries. Yeah, and it will be uh, fantastic because I don't think that many people are using radio to talk about this and for young women and all women, we need to hear more about these opportunities because as we've said before, the mining industry is um, generally very well paid and 
and it may offer women that opportunity to uh, empower them to have a life that they never dreamed that they could. That's correct. And like I can attribute most of my mindset and personal development to listening to podcasts and and radio shows like yours. It's um, once you start filling your ears and your mind with motivational stories from other women, you start wanting to live the results and wanting to earn, um, get those results for yourself. So that's, um, that's what I mainly wanted to aim was to build the, the radio show up and engage the ladies in wanting to develop their personal development and, um, have it as a platform for women who are have an interest or even an inkling that they might want to go in there and it be the place where people go to get their information about working in the non-traditional area of mining um, heavy equipment and earth moving. That's right. And, like, it's hard to get yourself motivated from time to time. So yeah. ch- chances are on your weekends or your days off plans, they involve being horizontal on your couch. But even so, that doesn't mean, you know, oh, reruns of Friends or The Office are your only option when it comes to entertainment. Some of the best radio shows and podcasts are out there are run for women by women and they are totally binge-worthy. Yes. Um, And that's, yeah, one of the best ways to experience the many exciting stories women have to offer is by listening to a podcast or live stream radio show. certainly is. And, uh, um, yeah, sorry, sorry that's, you're right. I was just um, learning about the stories of these role models can help women of all ages make educated choices about what suits them and be inspired to rise up from the circumstances in which they find themselves and then yeah. to pursue their goals and forge a life they can truly call their own with all their yeah. energy. Yeah. I love in the back of your book, you've got this little um, list of items for FIFO, BIBO and DIDO shift and I was reading through it last night and it's it's a lovely little list. Do you n- remember what's on it, Joe? I do. I was just I was just flicking through my book um, <laughs> to, to find that because that was back uh, that's relevant to like working in an office. So you you look yeah. at those those all those items and you think what's another purpose for this this useless yes. piece of, <laughs> of office stationery. Yes. <laughs> so if you yeah, you you're welcome to read it out. So Joe's got in the back of this this wonderful little list and it's got rubber bands to remind you to be flexible, paper clips to help you keep it together, minties because you're always going to have moments, thumbtacks to help you stay sharp, a ruler because let's face it, you rule, highlighters to highlight the positive, extra chewies for those extra situations, whiteout because we all make mistakes, Hand sanitizer to help in all help with all the dirty work, butterfly clips for when you are in a bind, post it post-its to post up all the things that you have to remember, glue for those sticky situations, double wall cup mug so you don't sweat the small stuff, scissors because you're a cut above the rest, pens to document your journey tape to make it all come together, stapler for holding it together because it requires more than a paper clip and a bobby pin for support and to reinforce. It's a great little list. I <laughs> very, loved it. Very tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> I know, I know. Based on that um, admin uh, past life and uh, putting it forward to your present life, 
Joe, we are just about out of time, but before we uh, run out of time, something that you'd like to share with our listeners today is to find true happiness in your work, you've got to trust yourself. And I'll come back to that saying, identify your own strengths and weaknesses and develop them because you are your best asset. And women have a huge role to play in the future of all these industries. And I'm looking forward to making my impact along with them. I'm looking forward to watching you, Joe. Um, for everyone, I've put Joe's email in the chat box and also the link to her uh, website, which also has the link to her amazing book, High Heels to High Viz, Joe Sainsbury, Kick-Ass Women. And it's a wonderful little book and it's got packed with lots of information. If you're even thinking about getting into a non-traditional role, this book will help you. So, Joe, we are just about out of time. I really appreciate you coming on the show today and I really am enjoying watching your journey and I'm grateful to be part of it in some small way because women like Joe will change the world. And here in Australia where we have so much um, mining and uh, earth moving in our wonderful big country. It's fabulous that we have a woman of Joe's strength and integrity to help us all on that way. So, Joe, thank you for coming on Radio Tony Spotlight on the Author today. It's been a fab fabulous conversation, and I can't wait to see what the future holds for you. Thank you, Tony, for the opportunity. And all I can say is go on, get your glow on and become a glow getter. Fantastic. All right, wonderful listeners. That's the beautiful Joe Sainsbury. Don't forget to jump onto her website, kickasswomen.com.au and her email, jody at kickasswomen.com.au and she will gladly answer any questions about non-traditional roles for women. She is an influencer and author and all-round fabulous bird. Thank you, Joe, for coming on the show today. And with that, wonderful listeners, we are completely out of time. Over to you, Rebel. Bye for now. See you next week. Radio Tony, your safe space for tough conversations. Exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony, a platform for the unheard. Radio Tony, with Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Radio 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 Tony. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Back next Thursday from 7pm Eastern Standard Time, live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Mom!